Cloud AC Master. And howdy friends, I'm Jack Sentinel. We're the Conventional Podcast. You think going to conventions is easy. However, they're anything but. So first things first, it is now warm and not freezing balls cold anymore. Ragnarok has finally ended, and a great war shall begin once- Oh wait, no, I've just been playing God of War again. Yeah, you're confusing two different things, but it's not the Arctic Tundra. We aren't bundled up in blankets while recording these anymore because we have to have the heater off so you don't pick it up in the recording. I mean, that also means I can't skin a moose and wear its carcass, but you know what? I'll, I'll take a win-win. Yeah, you know, slow progress. Next year, there's always next year, right? There's always skinning next year. Yeah. So, first things first, we now have a coffee. What the fuck is a coffee? You know I don't like coffee. Coffee is not the actual drink. It's how oh, you can you. actually buy us a drink, and then when you buy us the drink, you can ask us a question. If the question is good enough, then we'll answer it on the show. However, however, yeah, if I see any trolling things whatsoever, we will throw cabbages at you. And we have plenty of cabbages. I grow them. Yes. They're friendly. And they have bombs in them. Why do they have bombs in them again? Because we play too much Legend of Zelda. I mean, you do, but I was raised on Sega, so... Well, I was technically raised on PlayStation myself, but I still enjoy a good Zelda game every once in a while. I mean, fair enough. I've been playing freaking Ordering of Time for way too long, but I digress. Majora's Mask for life! Oh, fuck you! <laughs> Anyways, yeah. moving on to our next update is our convention appearances. Yeah, for some reason you get to go all the way to freaking Expo. Yeah, I've been making the plans since about January of this year, so I'm going to be going to Expo with a couple of friends... And then Jax and I will actually both be at Anime Central this year in mm -hmm. the middle of May. Yep. I will probably be stomping around and, you know, screaming at trees like I usually do. Yeah, and I will be teaching the dance formal and I will be hanging out with my friends and probably doing a couple photo shoots myself. But I, we look forward to seeing you if you do see us and we hope to meet some of you there. Oh, definitely. Hey, Jax. Yo. Do you want to be the very best like no one ever was? To make sure everybody catch these hands and yeah. turn them as my calls? Yeah. Exactly. The new Pokemon games were announced, Pokemon Sword and yeah. Pokemon Shield. I'm still waiting for Gun. Yeah, that third version usually does come out at some point. Well, yeah. The memes are, oh, these are, they, they these are, are pure point. memes. If you mess with Grookey, you, you get, get the, the bazooki. You have that meme. You know I hate grass types with untold passion. Uh, no, I'm a fire guy. I'm usually fire, a fire guy. I think the only life. yeah, exactly. I think the only time I picked a grass starter was uh, Gen Five when it was Tepig because I wasn't a huge Tepig guy. But fucking traitor. I know. I have my one exception, but the I'm other, but the, the rest. I mean, they. I'm a fire guy. I like the fire. I starters. mean, let's be fair. As, as much as I love my Litten. Freaking Ash just saved my ass through all the Pokemon Sun. Yeah, Ash is pretty good and OP, but I mean, they—it's nice that they connected with the anime at some point because they—they do, they don't do that with the games too much. Oh well, yeah, I mean, Ultra Sun did that for us, but I digress. But back on topic of memes, Scottish Pokemon trainer is essentially my spirit animal. It is too too on point to how I have been at conventions over the years. Just an angry, angry person just screaming at people. In a bit of a sticky wicket with your Pokemon. Oh, is the Pope Catholic, you <laughs> cheeky tart? Oh. But anyways, uh, the new region actually looks really good based on the new trailer. It looked very colorful. I liked what they were doing with it, and it looks like they're bringing sports into it in some weird way. So if they're bringing like, 
cricket or rugby, that would actually be kind of neat. That'd be really cool if we actually got like a Pokemon equivalent to cricket. Yeah. So like you have like a a Machamp on the field, <laughs> just That's smashing just someone in cricket, <laughs> just like four four bats just going ham on somebody. Yeah. So I mean, it definitely could be good, and I'm looking forward to it. But they've only shown the three starters so far. But I think they'll be end up showing the legendaries probably next. And I mean, I like love the, the Pidgey and Rattata yeah. of the region. So I'm I'm in love with the area itself. I'm waiting for them to actually put a Gregson actual Pokemon. That'd be kind of that would be cool. Yeah. So, the next movie in the line of Marvel movies came out, and that is Captain Marvel. It is the last movie before Avengers Endgame. I'm not going to lie. I loved Captain Marvel when it was in comic format. I've been sitting back thinking, hey, maybe I should actually see the movie, but, you know, been kind of busy with my own stuff. Yeah, I saw it opening weekend, and it was just generally okay. It doesn't do anything too brand new or exciting. I'd, I'd probably rank it like rank 15 out of like the 21 or 22 Marvel movies because it is a female-led superhero film, but I think other movies have done it better. Wonder Woman, I think, did a better job, or Alita Battle Angel, I think, did a better job of doing the female-led hero movie. Okay, I'll be uh, fair. I saw Alita, yes. I saw Wonder Woman, yes. And I usually hate most DC movies. So... I think what Marvel was a little bit late to the game here on this one. Like they were early on everything else so mm. far. What was there? It wasn't. There was isn't bad. It was just you know it was just okay. After so long of high quality Marvel movies, you eventually start to expect you know a little bit more. Not like you eventually get the Ghost Rider of the series. Yeah, it's not bad, but Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson together, they were great. But there were other characters that Brie Larson would interact with, and it didn't pan out so hot, unfortunately. It felt kind of forced, or kind of, like, tacked on, and it just wasn't the same as other interactions in the movies. The action was okay. Uh, there were a couple dark fight scenes, but I was able to make out who everyone was. I mean, fair enough. I mean, see, you were doing that. I was hiding in my usual basement, trying to watch different anime. I finally caught up with a couple of series and i finally made sure you were forced to catch up with a certain series yeah <clears throat> yeah excuse me i've been uh delaying catching up on ruby as i saw the first episode in theaters because i usually see the first episode in the theaters where they show like the last four or five episodes of the previous season and they debut the first episode of the new season so and i've been busy with work and i hadn't had a chance to watch and catch up on ruby so Jax was like, well, it finished. I was like, oh, crap, I completely forgot about it because I've been so busy with just work. And I sat down the time and I just watched it all in one day. Like one Sunday, I was like, hey, I'm free. Let's go through it all. It was like, what, five hours, six hours? It's not that long because it was like 14 episodes total. That sounds right. 13, 14? Yeah. And I thought the beginning was really great. And it set up and it was very interesting. The middle part of the series that felt a little bit slower to me and then it picked up at the end and it was setting up the next season pretty well see my whole issue with the season this time was it had a great build-up in my opinion it kind of got back on pace with the original couple of seasons that actually had yeah exactly pacing. yeah there's a few things that i for anybody that hasn't seen it all yet if you haven't i'm telling you now go to roosterteeth.com just go watch all the episodes. Yeah, it's you can fine. watch them for free now because basically how they have it is like after a week, the episode is now free to watch. And then and the you have to watch season. ads, but yeah, 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 you can watch the whole thing there. So. Yeah. So go to roosterteeth.com, watch the season, 
And you'll understand what I say when Adam is on some bullshit. I don't care what anyone says. Adam's powers is on bullshit. You're not wrong. Because that... They own bullshit. There's no other way to describe it besides that doesn't, it doesn't make sense by the lore. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong, but just stuff, what, what happened in that season? Just no. Before, before I rage quit on Ruby, because that would be weird of me. The other series, and this isn't really a series. It's more of a fighting game. I happen to come across all the more recent Guilty Gear games and finally caught up and then I jumped into the Revelator era. I was not expecting to buy a visual novel and I was happy because I finally got to sit down and go, hey, this game actually is packed to the shit with lore. This is a good thing. Yeah, good world building is sometimes hard to find in some mediums and when you do find it though, it's really nice. I mean, let's let's talk. Let's be real. This is also the same series that there's a freaking pachinko machine that's actually canon to the fucking series. Well, there are a couple series that way, but you know, us in the U.S. here never get pachinko machines, unfortunately, because we aren't really the market for them. I wish we were, but well, yeah. that's the same thing with the arcade games that we never get over here. That I would be like, I want FGO arcade. Are we gonna get it? Probably not, or at least probably not for another three years, maybe? I mean, you want that. I want more initial D, and I want my Oh, I want the new Wangun Maximum Tomb. They're, like, on, like, seven over there. Well, we have, like, five plus something. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, now getting back to the Avengers, let's talk about the Avengers of anime. Oh, yeah. Now, the Avengers of anime is probably not what you think, because when you think of the Avengers, you think of superheroes. So that would lead you to think of, like, Poco no Hero, right? Yeah. But no, that's not the Avengers of anime. The Avengers of anime is actually a certain magical index or a certain scientific railgun. And what it does is each season has multiple different story arcs. And basically each story arc of like five to six episodes is basically what your Marvel movie would be. And when you build those all together, they keep on building off one another to build up. And right now, season three of a certain magical index is out and I am loving it. And if you followed up with everything like you have for the Marvel movies, everything is making sense. But everything is going by so fast, you might get lost if you aren't fully caught up. But I'm enjoying the hell out of it. See, you keep telling me to watch Index, but you also keep telling me that Fate, say, Fate, the Fate series, period, actually is linear and makes absolute sense. Oh. Either one of those is a lie. I'm not sure which. But I think both are honestly worth your time. Oh, yeah. Because they both, and like Index has a great power system for the science side, and all the magic and stuff is based on actual real-life magic and Christian theology, or religious theology, not just Christian. So it's very based on the real world, and it's very interesting in that way. And that's what makes it more connectable to you because, or connectable to the viewer, I should say, because it is based in our real world and stuff we have. And it's got it's, the real world physics. Yeah, and like Accelerator's vector powers, just like real world and his limitations about being able to calculate not fast enough, makes perfect sense. It's beautiful. Well, let's actually talk about what we're here for. This episode is actually going to be about cosplay. Yeah, a lot of people go to conventions just for this thing, so we figured we'd cover it more in depth this time yeah and when i when we say in depth let me be more specific i'm a person that believes everybody needs to know where their history is from one of the big things is a lot of people don't know how cosplay started yeah it happened 
quite a bit ago actually and it actually is decently documented so we want to go over that with you real quick right so to many people in the u.s cosplay is just a hobby to another group it's that thing you do on halloween to some people it's that little nice thing that you can do in the bedroom when things need to get a little bit more exciting but for others it's a lifestyle a way to express yourself and show your love to a character in series it's a way to completely immerse yourself in a character and, for what feels like a brief moment, be amongst others that love the same thing that you do. So what is cosplay anyway? I'm glad you asked. The official definition of cosplay is the practice of dressing up as a character from a movie, book, video game, especially one of Japanese genre such as manga and anime, but in the beginning there were no specific stipulations, not even for a series actually. All you had to do was dress up for the genre and you were pretty much good to go. So for a brief history of cosplay in America, it is at least owed its roots to Forrest J. Ackerman. Who? Forrest J. Ackerman. Isn't that your last name? It is my last name. Holy crap. That might be your great-grandpappy. He might be. I have no idea if we are related currently. Dude, we're doing some 23andMe shit after this episode. Yeah, we have to do a bit of research and maybe look into my family tree a bit, but we'll see if we're related. I mean, I can always just get the blood from you now. Or is it saliva? Screw oh it. We're getting my. Oh but my. because of this... Uh, he In 1939, he wore his first cosplay to his local sci-fi convention and basically has spread since then. That's a little bit confusing because, you know, anime and manga has always been kind of the key, t- key thing for most of my cosplay career. However... Y- yeah, there's a bit of a difference there is that we had to wait on time because anime hadn't really become a big influence yet. We needed about 40 to 50 years to reach that point. 45, give or take. Around that time, then most nerds of the 80s actually had the joy of having a good staple diet of Galaxy Express 39, some Gundam Wing, Gotcha Man, Motherfucking Fist of the North Star, all the goodies for the old nerds. Yeah, your staples 80s diet of all the popular anime there. And then, you know, you had foreign exchange students coming over from Japan and local U.S. fans learning about these costumes and they wanted to cosplay them or dress up for Halloween. And that's how the love got started here in the U.S. and kind of spread. But what about the term, though, cosplay? Well, Nobuhuki Takahashi, a Japanese reporter, came up of the term of cosplay in a review in a local interview at a point in time, and then it got spread from there. So pretty much the name cosplay just stuck at that point. Yes, exactly. And it's been a staple ever since it's become widely well-known today. Flash forward to the early 90s. Yeah, the era we all know and love. Oh, and hate at some points. There were so many trials and tribulations. That's true. Oh, yeah. But nowadays, nowadays... It's almost commonplace to see Naruto fans running like crazy. And maybe every once in a while you'll see some guy on the street or some lady or I don't even know wandering around with a DBC shirt or some baby with a Hello Kitty or maybe even some Sailor Moon gear floating about. But even in the 90s, it was kind of a stigma to act out in a way. So most cosplayers didn't have an outlet and were pretty much discriminated for being nerds. Yeah, we kind of kept towards the down low, but things have definitely changed since the first cosplay convention or excuse me, the first cosplay at WonderCon 1. And since then, uh, we now have cosplayers with fabric lines and they sell clothing and, and some of them have shows. Yeah, and they also have Patreons for the sexier side of things mm. and that's very big and popular nowadays. But now that we're here, we want to keep the spirit of cosplay alive and drive it forth through the craftsmanship aspect and the role play and the other big industrial staples that are currently going on. And we want to promote, also promote that anyone can do cosplay and they can cosplay whatever they want if they have the right mindset. 
always remember, no matter what, we're here to have fun. Always. Yeah, that's what conventions started for, and that's what they should continue to be. Talking about all this stuff reminds me of my first cosplay. How about you? Yeah, I remember my good first old cosplay that I talked about briefly in the first episode that we did. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. The funny part is I think I still have parts from my Aruka Sensei cosplay. Oh, yeah, I around. still have parts of Shinji Harako still lying around in my apartment for sure. Oh, yeah. All right, since this is an episode about, you know, cosplay and all that stuff, let's talk a little bit about the here and the here and then actually we, yeah how we started what happened in between and then how we moved on uh jax's and my stories are be different because i focus on crossplay a decent amount while he has not and because of this little difference our views are gonna be a little bit different but they're gonna have some similarities oh yeah so yeah i'll let you take the mic on this one all right so my first cosplay like i said back in 2007 was Shinji haraka from bleach uh i decided to do the visors because i liked the character a lot actually and he was like one of the cooler mentor characters to ichigo at that time in the point of the anime slash manga i was keeping up with the anime and the manga at that time and i was really big into bleach he had his first fight and he really impressed me and basically his outfit was pretty simple and that's why i decided to cosplay because it. it was basically dress shoes dress pants, dress shirt, a tie, and a trench coat, and a pretty paper boy cut, like, blonde wig. And he had a uh, a mask. And I decided to skip the mask, but I used a basic black wooden sword as his sword. I wasn't able to get his sword in time. It was my first cosplay, so, you know, keep it simple, stupid. And then when I came back from my break, uh, we talked about Surrey Magical Index, and back in 2011 when I came back, I'd fallen in love with the series at that point in time, and I decided to cosplay my favorite character who is uh shumikido uh motoharo i decided to mount a pair of shoes with his red and yellow design i thrifted his blue shorts sewed his green hawaiian t-shirt and i painted the white design on it and i had a hard time finding the white tropical trees that were on it and finding a back view that was such a pain in the butt and then decided to do train from black cat which was also kind of simple in the regards to Shinji because it's basically, you know, dress clothes and a trench coat. And, but I created the gun, but there are, like, no photos because, like, uh, I used my regular hair. I didn't really have a wig for that one. Dude, all right, I'm going to pause you right there yeah. because that's kind of terrifying because you did train. I did Sven. <laughs> that is kind of hilarious now that you say that. Yeah. But um, but maybe we should bring that back at some point because that, yeah. that, that would be kind of fun to do. I had the suit right there. That's the worst part. <laughs> I still have the gun somewhere. It did break at some period of time, but making a new one wouldn't be that bad. I wouldn't mind it. And then I, after that, I started focusing a bit more on crossplay because my view on crossplay, which will go better, which I'll get into later in a later episode because cosplay and crossplay would be different episodes. But part of my view of crossplay is I think I'm going to do it better when I look younger because I think the older I get, the more my looks are going to deteriorate. And that's part of my philosophy. Some people may agree, some may disagree, but aging's a thing unfortunately and makeup is a thing too yeah it is but makeup can also only do so much but i then uh cyborg 009 uh i cosplayed from that That was my next one i did cyborg 004 who had who has the metal arm and a rocket launcher in his knee and i love cyborg 009 it was one of the anime that i grew up on toonami you know in the late 90s when they rebooted it i loved it i still watch it nowadays uh i had a group and i loved it and it was one of my big cosplay at katsukon 2014 i was like in a couple of videos in that and i loved that and then after that i took another break and mainly did crossplay, and I, I got huge into love live and joined the dance group and then after that 
Oh, uh, I got damn back. Snow Halation. That's what it was. Yeah, you love Snow Halation. I fucking hate you. I have all the memes ready for I you. I will stab you with this bottle. Da, 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 da. <laughs> As he picks up the knife and brings it closer to me, I'm prepared for for my pain. You're prepared Anyways, for death. That's what it that is. That too. And then most recent male cosplay was Todoroki from My Hero Academia because I connected a lot to the character and I liked the fire and ice dynamic and I like that he combined basically two X-Men characters with powers into one. I thought that was definitely kind of neat, but it's definitely true what happened. Yeah, let's and, be real. And then uh, I'm looking at a couple male characters for ASEN this year. We'll see which ones pan out, but I'm hoping to do at least one. So from the sound of things, we've actually done a lot of series, the same series, without even realizing we've done the same series. Yeah, we just did them at different times because I think some of these were before you and I actually met. Right, like you did Shinji Hiroko while... Probably around the same time I was doing Sato Yasutora. Yeah. And you invited me to the Cyborg Zero Zero group, but I was doing, I want to say Air Gear at the time. I yeah, and say. we both want to go back to Air Gear at some point, because we both actually both really love Air Gear a lot, actually, because I was a huge rollerblading nerd back in middle school. And I was a diehard Rudy. But, you know, say lovey. As for my cosplays from the beginning to end, if we're going to count um, convention cosplays as the best way I can describe it. And I mainly went over my all my convention cosplays because I mainly focus more on crossplay. My crossplay repertoire is a lot more expensive than my cosplay, and that's why I kind of gave a more brief history of mine. Yeah, yours was brief. I cannot, for the life of me, remember every single cosplay I've done from Aruka till now, primarily because... I did way too many one-shots. Like, Yeah, they get blurred out at some point. Right, I've done Iruka. I tried to do Naruto for a split second, and I realized I look at looked terrible as a blonde. I did every Akatsuki member except Conan. Um, I've done three characters off of Aragir, the, the original Rumble King, Spitfire, and Kazu, I think. Was it? Yeah, blue blue hoodie costume. Yeah, yeah, Kazu. Yeah, done yeah. Kazu just as a Lazy Day cosplay. But now few... Lazy Days are Kigurumi's. Well, yeah, Kigu our... Sunday is yeah. the best day. Yeah. Let's see. I've done a bunch of... Most of my cosplays that I can actually remember are heavily, heavily focused on props because that is where I found my calling. I am a terrible seamstress. Seamster? Seamster. Seamster is the word. And yeah. I just learned that my giant meat hooks are actually better at carving out things and actually building them from scratch. So a lot of my cosplays were heavily focused on if I can build the prop, I will do the cosplay later. Yeah, but getting good at hand sewing isn't a bad thing because sometimes machines can be your worst oh, yeah. enemy if you don't know how to use them. Just no. keep that in mind. But Because sometimes I definitely prefer using my hands over using a machine. So uh, it's a bit up to your taste well yeah no i learned how to hand sew and i learned how to use a sewing machine specifically for a lot of the air gear cosplays and i learned how to pretty much recycle cosplays during my kotsky years because it's the same bloody cloak you just yeah i mean if you already it. have a piece it doesn't hurt to use it over again a couple of times because it helps you save on money like if you want let's say uh you cosplay miku there are, you know how many different versions of miku out there so you can you know reuse at least the wig a couple of times if you do one of her blue haired variants because she you know has her pink haired variants and her, her green haired variants yeah exactly so yeah so i mean try and use what you can with what you have so that way you can save yourself some money oh yeah now speaking of one of my personal favorite cosplays that i do to this day and i'm going to do it again and no one's going to stop me 
is being banned from my personal favorite manga series, Gunsmith Cats. I do that with a level of pride that transcends time for me. He Be- gushes about this series to me all the time. Yeah, and I forced you to watch it all the time. It's three episodes. You're going to sit down for like an hour and a half with it, me. It doesn't bother me. Oh, I know, especially until the Blu-ray release comes out in yeah, about so. three months. So that is one of my personal favorite series, primarily because it's one of those series that I'm from Chicago. I love a series that's from my hometown that gives it the exact same amount of love that I do. I've done cosplay groups for this specific series, and I'm going to continue doing for this specific series. As for, like, other series I've done... Hell, I've done freaking uh, cosplays based off of fan fictions because oh, I, I remember thought it those was meme-y. back in the day. Yeah, it I've had delicious. those on my list before. It's like I want to do that because you know, there's a meme on this, or it'd be yeah. easy to do. Too. It is glorious, yeah. and it's like only people that have actually delve and drank the Kool Aid of fanfiction.net in the early 2000s would understand half of them. That, or you do it based off, you know, like just like uh, a fan fiction art and then like you base it off the art of the fan fiction yep. and then yeah that's a whole different thing <laughs> oh yeah but i mean speaking on our first costumes let's talk about halloween because sometimes halloween and cosplay get confused and combined together yeah that always bugged me but let's be real a lot of people get the idea of dressing up once a year um, going out to have fun, they get it mixed up with Halloween, and sometimes there are conventions on Halloween that bank on this. Yeah, exactly. So, when it comes to Halloween and when it comes to cosplay, there are some key differences. Number one, you're not out to get candy. Number two, it's not a holiday. Yeah, number three, uh, usually the Halloween costumes are designed for comfort of something or they're designed to be at a party and they're usually more disposable compared to like a cosplay outfit. The fabric is not usually as good or as sturdy. Right. It's more or less a one-shot costume. It's not going to be there the next day. Honestly, I've seen people that have actually bought store-bought Halloween costumes that were terrible quality and those things dissolved in water. Yeah, and that's why... If you see like a cosplay costume online and you're wondering like, hey, why is it like 100 to 150 bucks? It's because the quality is better. It's going to last you longer. Because some people like to wear these cosplays so they're going to buy them for multiple conventions. Because well, otherwise, why are you putting all the money in? Right. Or why are you making something so hardcore that you're only going to wear literally once and then probably never see the light of day again? Yeah, because then you're going to be a little bummed out at least because you spent some amount of time or money on it and resources and blood because like you have to do research on the character and you have to do research on poses and other stuff which we're gonna get in a bit too later but uh there's a lot of stuff that you work at and you just don't want to waste all that yeah and speaking of a lot of people always wonder hey how to get into cosplay and how did people do it in the beginning and let me tell you it was hell yeah it wasn't as simple or easy as we have it now Back in the day, to, you know, get wigs, you had to go to Party City. And the wigs at Party City weren't great. and They were if, made of plastic and sin. Yeah, and then if you had to dye them because they didn't have the color you wanted, it was even worse. Like, you think dyeing today is possibly bad? Back then, it was a nightmare. Now, imagine this, if you will. 
There was no wig dyeing. There was no wig dyeing tutorials. There was no techniques. There was no customization of your wig. You got out there, you got that shit in an aerosol can, and you prayed that it didn't smell the high heaven. Yeah, and I mean, the internet wasn't as big or popular back then, so all this information wasn't as readily available at our fingertips as it is today. It right. was a lot harder to come by, unless you were in like certain circles, it wasn't that accessible. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like, oh, a lot of people would go to thrift stores and pick up stuff. Yeah, they pick up piece by piece at a time to slowly make their costumes. And costumes weren't as fast to make as they are nowadays. Like costumes or cosplays back then would take, you know, half a year to a year to make because it was harder to find and get all the resources you need. Right. Even nowadays, sometimes it's a little bit trickier, which is why I have to admit, I'm actually really grateful for how popularized cosplay has become because a lot of our necessities are pretty much commonplace now you can find yeah you have the resources more available wigs you have dedicated wig stores here in the u.s at arda and epic you Uh, have dedicated materials that you can find literally at any cloth store yeah joann's is a great resource because there's basically one in every state and that's what a lot of cosplayers use i pretty much like outlets specifically for this topic but yeah yeah that's another yeah it's like you have fabric outlets in certain districts they are available everywhere but they are available in certain cities and states and thanks to the internet a lot of people have gotten out and been showing off a lot of their props so they're to they actually sit down and create tutorials on how they do things yeah it's step by step and it's easy to follow and it's nice and they they go through the hardships and then you know hey this is what worked for me and this what didn't work for me and like this is where i ran into issues okay so we talked a lot about how we gotten a cosplay and we also talked a bit about the history all right so let's talk a little bit about how you can get into cosplay because you're here for advice and that's what we'd like to give you you do not give four rats asses about our history we don't have a wiki for this exact reason well not yet that might change but eh, you never know anyways so first things first should you buy your cosplay or should you create it Ooh, now that one's a tricky one because it really is down to you at that point and your experience so far yeah so best best way i can always say it is this it's the same thing either way it's more do you want the stress of actually building it or do you want it pretty much made for you and it may or may not fit you the way you would have it fit if you made it yourself yeah because even if you buy something it can still be stressful because uh you could make something and there's stress building it that way but you could buy something and it either doesn't fit you in right in some areas or they used a poor fabric choice and you had to modify it to get it the way you want it to look. So it's more buyer beware, builder beware. And there is a third option here is that you can buy a pre-made cosplay from another cosplayer. You can find this in certain cosplay sale groups like on Facebook or resale forums of some sort. Reddit. Yeah, or Craigslist. Oh, Craigslist. Yeah, but I mean, there are places to find them, but usually they'll have a list of like, hey, this is the history of the costume if there's been any damage or repairs, so they'll also let you know that. And if if there's a previous owner before that cosplayer, that's also usually mentioned. If that's left out, you usually want to kind of avoid that because that's kind of like, oh, hey, there's There's a a red flag. Yeah, Yeah, there's a little bit of shady history. It's like buying a used car. Look up the Carfax. Yeah, exactly. And you, and usually, like, you can see, hey, this is what I'm looking for because 
if they're as accurate as you want, you know, hey, if I need to mod it to be it how I want it to be, or it's okay, and I don't need to mod this piece, essentially. Right. The other option that you can do, and this is something that both me and Cloud over here actually specifically brought up, is thrifting a cosplay. Yeah. Going to a thrift store for your first costume, and it's just something simple, like I said for mine, where it was basically, you know, a dress, like dress, pant, and shirt, and a trench coat. That's not too hard. And usually you can find something that's close to it. And if it's not the exact thing, you can mod it. And usually for your simple cosplay, you want something easy that you can get from homemade items or home or cheap stuff that you can buy from a thrift store and mod to the way that you need. And usually that doesn't take up too much time if you plan it right. See, you have that for me. Hell, I'll admit to this day, my Ruka cosplay, I bought a pair of blue sweatpants, a blue sweatshirt, I jacked a snow a snow vest, put some patches on it, sewed some freaking slots on it, called it a day. Yeah, and then hot glue will also be your biggest friend. And hot glue you is your will... best friend and your first third degree burn. Yeah, and it's going to continue being your best friend as time goes down the road. Trust it's also us. probably going to eat your bones. Yeah, probably, but you'll get used to it, and you'll be you'll be your best friend and your worst enemy at the same time. Now, if you were to go online and hunt down a cosplay, but you don't trust ebay which i don't blame you and if you don't trust etsy which that's a little bit of a wild card here and there yeah or if you don't trust anything else find a local commissioner there's plenty of groups online yeah you can find them on facebook and reddit once again but uh i mean ebay can work but like jack said it's buyer beware you usually want to look for the good sellers and usually you want them to meet your measurements and usually they'll have a measurement chart for you so you can measure yourself or have someone else measure you because Maybe if you measure yourself, maybe you miss something because, you know, you're, it's too close to you or it's like it's at a weird angle. So you might want some help measuring yourself. But usually it's not that bad if you do get something off eBay. And sometimes your best bet is at the end of the day, just making it yourself. Yeah, because you get to choose the fabric choice. You get to choose how it looks. You get to see how it fits on you. And you don't have to depend on someone else's time or money or rely on them on making it. Now, we started you off with a couple of good ideas on how to at least get your cosplay started. Personally, I think it's all about the mentality of everything. So, let's start at the beginning with the six key points of getting into cosplay. So, one of the first things that I always try and tell people, love the character that you are trying to go into. Yeah, you want to choose a character you like. If you're going to do a group for your first cosplay, make sure it's a character everyone likes. Like, every person is doing the character that they like. Don't doesn't matter if there's two of the same character. Have everyone do the character yeah. that they like. Yeah. And the other big thing is, do not do it for popularity. Don't try and be cosfamous. Don't try and be popular. Do it for you. Yeah, it's your first cosplay. And, I mean, you'll probably get a lot of people who do like your outfit, but... It should not be the main goal. If you enjoy a cosplay for you, you'll have more fun. Yeah, it's all about your enjoyment, not other people's enjoyment of the cosplay. Because you're doing this for you, not for them. Right. Now, the second thing is, pick apart your character's costume when you're making it, or even when you're just looking at it. Look at everything from a wide-eyed lens and just take in everything exactly now your costume doesn't need to match the character on screen a hundred percent but you want to get most of the main details right so that if someone can recognize you from a distance and know who you're trying to be right so 
one of the first things I'm always going to tell a beginning cosplayer, can you find the things that you're looking for in your drawer right now? Or somewhere in your house or close by. It doesn't necessarily have to be right next to you. Right. Can you find it at a local shop? Can you find it at a thrift store? Yeah. And if you can find it, how easy is it to mod? What do you need to improve it to get it to where you want it to be? Because if this is your first cosplay, you want to focus on what you want it to be, not what someone else wants it to be. Look that shit through like the Da Vinci Code. Just break down the code and go from there. Yeah. So, like we said in the first episode, for your first cosplay, you want to start simple and then go more complex as time goes on. You don't want to start building your first cosplay as a Gundam because it's probably ain't going to go so hot because not, all, not everyone for their first cosplay is going to have the skill that they need. Right. And... Yeah, you can make a Gundam out of cardboard. Hell, I've done it. Yeah, there, I've seen the Gundam cosplay where it's just a box that says Gundam written on yeah. it. And then, I mean, that's a humor cosplay, don't get me wrong. And no, that one was that. a legendary cosplay yeah, to the point that it has a figure. I know. But uh, but also, when you're working on your cosplay, make sure you're going and working at your own pace. If your friends are going faster than you, that's fine. But you want to work at your own pace and at your own speed to get the product that you want. Oh, yeah. Now... If you can't find all the pieces, look online. I mean, support your local commissioners. See if you can get some help from your other friends. See if you can find a guide online specifically for what you're looking for. Yeah, because there are a lot of resources out there nowadays for you to pull on. Because we didn't have those back in the day. Now we have the easy wig shops like Arda and Epic where you can find a color relatively easy and usually not fully styled but it's going to be somewhat in the hair shape that you need for your character and you might only need to modify it a little bit type thing compared to where you basically got one wig back in the day and you just had to find some miracle way to make it you know the way you need to be so uh so like the resources are out there and if you ask questions people are willing to help you if you take the time to find them yeah now this is actually one of the most important points that i always try and remember even for myself Try and keep the inspiration that you chose the character for close. Do not let it go. Yeah, because that's going to help you drive and it's going to help you be in character while you're cosplaying the character. It really keeps you in the right mindset. One of the coolest ways that I personally like doing it is grab the soundtrack from the series that you're working on and crank that bitch while you're actually making stuff. That will keep you grooving for days. Yeah, it really helps and then you also get to appreciate the full version of the songs from the soundtrack. Because in the TV show or the anime, you either get the four minute and a half TV size version, but you know if you get the album where you can find the full version of the song, you get the nice, you get the full version of the song, and it's yeah. beautiful. Because that, that's like the biggest crime I think is like people only listen to anime openings for like the first minute or minute and a half of the song that's spliced for the anime opening. But if you actually listen to like the whole three four minute song, it's beautiful and it's totally oh, worth yeah. your time. Now, that being said. When I was doing, and yeah, I almost forgot I did this, Conti from Fully Cooley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, I abused the Fully Cooley soundtracks. Like, I started becoming a diehard fan of the pillows. And when I finally got said and done, I almost walked out of my house to my car, like, with the music still playing, about to drive upon realizing I cannot drive with a TV on my head. I miss my truck. That's understandable. Yeah. Now, the last thing and final point that we have is you should always be having fun while you're doing this because that's, once again, why you're doing it. Uh, it shouldn't matter if you buy or make the cosplay or how you do it, 
but having fun is the end result. Right. At the at the end of the day, it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter how much you spent on the cosplay. It doesn't matter how little you spent on the cosplay. It doesn't even matter if you bought it or if you built it yourself. The important thing, no matter what, is always to have fun. And that is what we're going to keep preaching on this show until it comes through your freaking skull. Exactly. Now, next on the list is how do we procure some of these more harder to obtain items? Such as wigs. Yeah. Now, we've talked about wigs a bit, and I've mentioned Arda and Epic, and these are but these are the best places in the U.S. to get wigs at this point in time. There is a reason we swear by that. Yeah. Uh, if you're in Chicago for Arda, they're right here. And literally, if you order the wig, you probably have it within three days to the end of the week, depending on when you order it and, and the items that you get. Epic is, I think, I believe they're in California. But Epic is and Arda are usually at most big name conventions. So if you need to buy a wig at the con... They're there, and you can look at it, and then you can also style it at the kind of need be. I wouldn't recommend styling your wig at a comp. There are people who do. Right. Uh, now, another option that you have, which is a little bit more risky, is once again eBay. Uh, you can get good wigs off of eBay, but there are also some really bad wigs at there eBay. There are some Party City-level wigs on yeah. eBay. So you want to be really careful and look at the reviews and really look at the product before you buy it because they might have you know the right display image, but the product you get is completely different. So just be really careful. There are a couple other ways to buy wigs online through like Taobao or like AliExpress, but that's more complicated and not as easy as eBay or buying in the U.S. right now. Uh, and I'd recommend one of those ways further for a beginner cosplayer and then Taobao and other type stuff would be for the more experienced cosplayer because they have a more uh, unique or more direct uh, thing that you're looking for. Now, I should actually note something about the Arda and Epic wigs. They do have a very vast collection of wigs that it will take you a while to actually figure out how to use. And it will take you quite a little bit of time to actually master and get the styling done right. One of the things when it comes to them coming to conventions, they don't have everything on them. But they do have the sample webs. They do have the color the wheels. that You can look at all the different colors that, that they have. And... Sometimes they might have it had a color, but they retired it. So then you kind of have to try and find the next best thing. Right. And it's always nice to actually talk to someone instead of, you know, taking a gambit and looking online. So this is another reason why coming to a convention is actually helpful. Yeah, because they have a spokesperson at their booth who have worked with the project. They can inform you about it because they obviously use the project if they're working for the company because they want to support the brand. And they are great people. I cannot gush at them enough. Yeah, they I can't say enough so nice many, things. Yeah, they have helped me so much over the years. Now, when it comes when it comes to wigs, we pretty much covered that cut and dry. Stick with Aura, stick with Epic. They're your friends. When it comes to props, this is where my territory becomes a little tricky because we're gonna go with what Cloud said from the first episode. Start simple because when it comes to props. You're going from easy mode to European extreme. It never fails. Yeah. So when we say for your first cosplay, we want you to keep it simple. So we want you to do the same thing with your prop, essentially. Now, what that means is, hey, my character has, you know, a generic sword that, you know, you don't need the exact generic sword copy that they have, right? You could use a bamboo version of the sword or, like, you know, just a black wooden copy of the sword. You don't need the exact sword. Or let's say, like, you want to do, like, an easy plushie, like, one of the Sailor Moon cats. You could get, like, a, a old Beanie Baby cat that's white or black and 
add like the crescent moon on its head. That's pretty simple and easy. You don't need to do like the most intricate oh. prop or hardest prop out there. You want to keep your first prop simple and easy and it can help make you stand out, but you don't want it to be like something you put so much time in that you get frustrated with that you aren't enjoying the cosplay anymore either. Yeah, and that's something that a lot of people fall for the trap for. Like, oh, well, my character has this ray gun that shoots freaking cold compressed candy that I'm going to build, and it's actually going to be awesome. It's going to work. No, it's not. This is your first prop. It's going to be made out of cardboard. Just just accept it. Yeah, and I mean, the materials aren't always going to be what you are going to think of using because foam is used a lot in props nowadays, and it's such a good tool, and how you use it varies from prop to prop. Yeah. And you have to be creative with how you think about it and the different ways that you can use it. And that's something that I am probably going to go off and deaf on when it comes to... The prop episode that oh, we do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, when there's something that I have to point out. There is no such thing as a perfect material. There's no such thing as a perfect piece. There never will be. Every single thing that you have around you, from cardboard to fiberglass, it never fails. You can make anything look like gold if you practice enough. Exactly. Your time becomes experience, and it really helps push you forward. And if you choose to start with one material and keep on going with it, that's great. But it's good to branch out so you learn new different tricks because different materials have different tools that they use. All right. All right. We were talking about Pokemon earlier. All materials are like friggin' Pokemon at the end of the day. You train them hard enough. You train yourself hard enough. You eventually master it. And then eventually the EV levels start getting unlocked and it gets weird. Yeah, it does. But, I mean, there are a lot of useful tools for prop making. You can use a lot of YouTube channels and, like, Cosplay.com and Facebook cosplay groups. And there are guides and prop builders will help you with tips and tricks yeah like youtube channels are pretty much my bread and butter when it comes to stuff like one channel that we're always going to shout out is a local channel that we personally love the guy that works it final cosplay core if you want a metric fuck fuck all ton of random tutorials this guy has you covered yeah he covers everything pretty in depth and he goes through step a through z and he covers the whole process of what he does so now, I'll let it be known, a lot of his stuff uses a little bit more of advanced materials, but you know what? You actually get to see, hey, this is the steps that he took with this material. Can I mimic it with a different material? Works out the same. Yeah. Now, there's another channel that I can personally suggest. Well, there's two. Um, Evil Ted Smith and Punish Props. I love these guys' work because they work with materials that are very commonplace you can find them they give you very simple tutorials they actually have a couple of books out on pdf if you're willing to hunt them down and they are lovely people that work at these two channels they are constantly droning out new things all of their stuff is simple easy to listen to it works perfectly especially from beginner to advanced techniques those two channels cannot suggest enough yeah so there's a lot of resources out there for you for props. And then even if they don't have like a video, they have guides that have written, they have step-by-step -step guides and they usually have pictures linked with each step and they show, hey, these are all the materials that I bought that I'm using and these are the steps I'm using it in. It's usually very well informed and planned out and it's not like, oh, hey, here's this random picture of this random step, you know? Right. Here's step 47 where I soldered an entire circuit board I made myself. Wait, hold up. How did you get the circuit board? <laughs> Where did the circuit questions. board come from? Yeah. Is it made of cheese? What is going on? Yeah. 
Now, there are two more that I want to bring up, and they're a little bit more surprising for a lot of people that are listening. One of those is, if you have the access to it, Bob Ross. Bob Ross is, for those who don't know, a very soothing artist from back in the day who made his money pretty much with his voice. And making happy little trees. Oh, the happy little trees. The happiest of trees. Always. But here's the thing that a lot of people don't realize about Bob Ross. If you actually pay attention to him, he will teach you brushstroke techniques that translates to props and cosplay in a nutshell. All of his things that he's talking about, if you actually just pay attention to what he's actually saying and the techniques that he's talking about, will transfer. It actually helps with, like, toning. It helps with... Actually, helps with makeup, too. Yeah, it can help with shading the prop, too. Yeah, it can help in a couple different areas, actually. Yeah. The other channel I want to talk about is Adam Savage Tested. For those who don't know, Adam Savage is a bloody cosplayer. Yeah, he likes to hide that he cosplays, but yeah, he, he has tv shows that cover that, that he cosplays at conventions so. yeah and i have a personal goal to just hunt him down while he's in cosplay but i never will because i love him too much and he's one of my inspirations for doing a lot of what i do he's not the only famous person who does that at cons well yeah i mean there's there's stories oh yeah there are plenty of stories covering that but that might be a different episode in yeah. itself <laughs> but what he covers a lot of the things that he actually talks about is he does one-day builds. He does um, a lot of extreme builds. He talks about model kits, and that's the thing I want to bring up. A lot of people don't realize this, but, you know, Star Wars, when it was originally first done, was built. All the stuff was built literally out of essentially trash. They didn't have a budget. So, Adam Savage, he's an old-school prop maker. He's an old-school stage designer. So, a lot of his techniques are still tried and true today. Go out, hunt down a bunch of old model kit sets, pick them apart. Don't actually follow the instructions, but look at the pieces and then translate those pieces into stuff that you can actually build. You can build a garage kit. You could build anything almost. And then even more, those things that you just picked up, they can actually be added to different cosplays because sci-fi stuff translates. Yeah. And a lot of enemies still pull stuff from sci-fi to this day. Now... Getting on the topic of, you know, after you choose your character and finding all the fun prop stuff is how to be your character. We talked about this a bit in the last episode. You want to learn how to be your character and their mannerisms, but you don't want to get too into it. Oh, yeah. Now, there's a certain part in one of our episodes that we specifically stated that there's a line that you have to make sure you don't cross. Yeah, because, you know, with authorities or, like, con staff, you don't want to cross that line. Because if you do, it could land you into some trouble or possibly get you kicked out from the con. Or, you know, in jail. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, I don't care if your character is an actual thief. That doesn't mean that you're Lupin III on a whim and that you're able to steal and not get caught. You're going to get caught. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of cameras and there are a lot of people watching everywhere. So, like, you can't really get away with anything because, you know... There are 20,000, 30,000 people at some of these conventions. There are a so lot of people with hard. cabbages. Yeah. You'll get a cabbage thrown at you. Oh, yeah. You also have to know how to cosplay safely and what to do in cosplay now. You know, you have one. Yeah, exactly. So the first thing you want to do is make sure that you eat and drink timely because there are a lot of people who go to cosplay conventions and they don't hydrate and eat properly because they're like, hey, I worked hard on this cosplay, but I don't want to ruin the cosplay by getting, you know, some type of food or drink all over it. And, you know, you shouldn't worry about that because you still need to function as a human being. <laughs> right. Yeah, cool. 
You are now in a cosplay. You are now role-playing as an anime character. Guess what? They deserve food, too. That also doesn't mean try and do the Goku trick of trying to shovel everything in your mouth at once. You will vomit, yeah. and I will laugh at you. Yeah, that's basically true. And you also want to make sure that, hey, if you know, you're in pain because, like, you've been in some type of armor, some type of equipment for too long and you feel overheated, take the time to fan yourself out. Don't, like, force yourself to be in those conditions if, they are, if they're not enjoyable for you. Also, please, people... I know some of these cosplays you don't know every little detail about, but there's one thing I'm going to always say. Make a hidden pocket somewhere. It doesn't matter where. Just make a pocket for yourself. Yeah, and if you don't have a hidden pocket, you can always like get a handbag or an extra backpack that your character doesn't have, and you can always put that off to the side during photos or something, and then you know just so it's there. But you, that way you can have water and other essential items on you. You don't have to worry about having them somewhere on your person if there's too much because like sometimes a pocket can only hold so much oh yeah oh speaking of photo shoots okay you're better at the whole posing thing than i am do you have any advice on this part because i'm i'll admit i still have issues when it comes to posing so for posing what i would recommend is you want to look at the anime or google and you want to find three poses that your character can do and the reason you want to find three poses is there are a couple different reasons one you're gonna get tired of doing the same pose over and over Two, if you get stopped a lot and you get photos back, it's only going to be in one pose. And you're eventually going to want different poses because your character is a character. They move. They do have a variety of movements and a variety of things they're known for. And if you want to recreate a scene or something like that, you want to learn or have that scene. It's also nice to have these on your cell phone saved for a reference or make sure you have internet connected so that you can find one. Another reason you want to have the three poses is when you're getting your photos back, you don't always necessarily get all of the photos back because uh, let's say you're stopped like 50 times in the hallway at a con for your photo to get taken and you have your three poses taken, let's say like 20, 20, and 10, right? You might get like three back of the first two and like one back of the third one and that's only seven photos you got out of the 50. Just because a lot of photos are taken doesn't mean you'll necessarily find them all. And you want those various shots to pop up if you do try and find them after the convention. I actually want to zoom back on a little thing that I almost forgot that we did not talk about. When we're saying make a cosplay, it doesn't have to be, like, accurate to the show. It doesn't have to be 1,000% accurate. Yeah, exactly. There are fan costumes and yeah. variations that you can definitely pull you can... from. Be, you can make a meme cosplay. You can make something that's actually representing the character itself. Like, there was a Tsunade cosplayer, and I'm not sure if we talked about this before. Yeah, we did. You mentioned it on the Oh, yeah, the, lost my shirt, in, or <laughs> lost my costume in a bet. Yeah, Tsunade. exactly. I love that costume. Or even Box Gundam. Yeah. Box is another example, yeah. yeah. Box Gundam was such a beautiful thing that it got a model kit for itself. It was that... It was that famous that for a brief period of time, you could actually buy box Gundam figures, and it was cool. Yeah, that's cool and hilarious at the same time. So now that you have your poses and you have all the necessary things, you know, for food and water and, and the little minimums for pockets or bags if you need one, you're going there and at the convention they have photo shoots, and usually it's based on series. And you want to go and look at the guide because the guide's going to have lots of all the photo shoots. Sometimes your show is not listed, and usually if your show is not listed, you can usually go on the forums and be like, hey, who's cosplaying from this? Let's meet up and take photos real briefly. 
that's a great way to get photos of your character because if you post that you're doing a meetup or if there's a photo shoot gathering people will come with their cameras they'll take photos of you and whoever's leading the photo shoot if it's planned by the convention because there's usually like a photo shoot lead and they'll do groups or characters or uh you know couples that type of stuff and you can get all your shipping poses out and you can get pictures of all that stuff and then usually after the con it's posted on the forums or facebook or twitter or Flickr or instagram or insert other website here there are too many websites for caleb to list the old myspace yeah if you really want to go that far back but i mean there are a lot of places for you to try and find these photos and some of them you'll see and they'll turn out great some they'll be like kind of meh and i mean you have to pick and choose and then there's also the other option of hey uh my friend knows a photographer or i was able to find one online and i reviewed them and i made sure that they're okay and that they have decent prices or rates or they're willing to do this for free or we came to an agreement of some sort and if that's the case then you can do a private photo shoot and then usually you, you agree to a certain amount of photos back or you give them all back and you say hey i like these ones i'm going to use these ones how do you want me to tag you when i post the photo online that actually works on both sides you get to actually get your pictures they get they get they get practice taking photos and they get a reputation for hey i take these photos if you like these photos you can come to me and I can take this type of photo for you, and I'm working on improving my craft. And certain photographers have certain equipment that others don't have. Also, I should point this out, guys. And we were going to bring this up in a photographer episode and a photo shoot episode. But when it comes to private photo shoots, do not, I swear on everything, do not try the whole, oh, pay them in exposure. No, pay them in cash or, you know paypal yeah also please make sure that you don't go by yourself make sure you go with a friend especially if you don't know the photographer yeah because there are some photographers who try to take advantage of people and we'd rather have you safe and be with a friend and so if something looks fishy you guys can both get out of there and then you know you're safe now let it be known this isn't just something that's stuck in the cosplay community this happens literally everywhere in modeling and freaking oh dear god and everywhere yeah unfortunately that's the case but it's just been that way for a while. Yeah, and it's something that we can try to prevent. Exactly. Now, at the end of the day, after all of this information that we just kind of shoved down the ear holes, I have to ask you guys, what makes a good cosplay? Well, there are a lot of things that make a good cosplay. I think three points actually make the most sense, you know? Like attention to detail, confidence, love of the series, you know? Yeah, so when it comes to attention to detail, craftsmanship is definitely going to be the big main player. So things to look for are material use, attention to detail, time put in, and, you know, the overall look of it and how well it came together overall. Right. Now, remember, it doesn't have to be perfect. Mistakes will happen, and guess what? That's one of the key parts of cosplay, overcoming those trials. Yeah, every costume that or cosplay that you will make is going to have a mistake at some point in time. And how you overcome that mistake is what's going to really help you bring the cosplay together and help you improve as a cosplayer. Because every single mistake is a learning experience for you and will help you improve upon your craft. And as they say, practice makes perfect, but do not assume that you're going to pull out perfection every single time. Yeah, confidence is that builder and it's going to help you work and be proud of your work, but you don't want it to be too overblown. Yeah, be humble with what you do. 
you're actually still learning. Even after 100 cosplays, you're still going to be learning. No one is a master of this. Yeah, and with this confidence, talk to others about how you do things. Because with you two confidently talking about what you did and how you've been improving and learning, it's going to help others in the scene grow. And if you have like a similar interest, you can bond over it and help you know grow a friendship or something along those lines that way. And remember, we're all here to learn. Don't be pigheaded. Make sure that even if someone did a method that you personally find that doesn't fit your style, be polite about it, you know? Yeah. The other and last thing is the love of the series. Cosplaying for popularity, like we said, for your first cosplay, it's not going to win you any prizes. And sometimes it's going to make you have regrets or going to make you feel miserable at the end of the day. And it's just not really worth it. If you're doing it for fun and you end up coming up with the exact opposite of the result that you were looking for you wasted a bunch of time and you probably aren't going to be happy about it right and i've seen a lot of cosplayers come and go primarily because of this where they try and become the next popular cosplayer where they want everybody's eyes on them where they want all entire convention to come to a halt and just look at them that's not how this works what you should want is actually pride in yourself be happy that you've actually completed this project and that people enjoy it as much as you do yeah and for the people who are cosplay famous for that word they've taken a lot of time to get there and they have a certain angle and stuff that they work at and they have a certain edge that they're working on it's not just a random thing that they walked in and got famous one day it's a lot of time and hours of work that they put in actually believe it or not even for the sexy cosplay angle oh yeah like boudoir shoots all that fun stuff there's a lot of practice that goes into this field Sometimes a lot of people don't understand that, and that's kind of one of the things that we want to teach. We want you to have fun, but we want you to have fun, not be mad about little things that don't even matter. Yeah, because sometimes you just assume these things, and like because you've made the wrong assumption, you just come away unhappy, and then you like we don't want you to have that idea going in because that's yeah. not fun for you or anyone else. Yeah. Well, we covered a lot this episode, didn't we, Ackermaster? Who's Ackermaster? Well, while we were doing the episode and while I was researching everything, I happened to notice that the first cosplayer went by a nickname, Ackermaster. So, you're changing my name is what you're telling yes. me. Yes. Yes, I am. But I, I didn't agree to this. I don't care. Damn I, it. I'm, I'm the one that controls the editing in this shit. The day For you now. Start, the day you figure out how to do soundboarding, you can. Maybe I will. You won't. That's what you think. That's what I know. Challenge accepted. Deal. That means I can actually sleep at night. Bastard. What makes you think I sleep at night? Yeah, fair enough. But alright, so what did we cover this time? Well, first of all, we covered the new coffee. We covered what conventions Jax and I will be at. And we covered a couple of reviews on movies and animes that we've been looking at. Oh, well, we also covered the history of cosplay. At least a little bit of an abridged version. But if you are willing and able... I would highly suggest everyone that's listening to look into it yourself. It's actually quite an interesting topic. Yeah, and it's kind of neat to see how conventions and cosplay have changed over time. And that's something we're also going to go into a bit at a later date in a bit of a retrospective episode and how things changed over the years. At least from when we began. Yeah, and another thing we covered was our history of cosplay. Now, mine and Jax's, once again, they differed. But there were some common similarities between the both of them and between shows and different approaches that we took. Oh, yeah. Like, I still can't believe that we've actually cosplayed almost 
literally too many things from the same show. Yeah, it was just at different times. That's crazy. But we talked about how to get into cosplay, how to search and find materials, and what to do once you have that cosplay in the six basic concepts of getting into cosplay. And again, those concepts, I still follow to this day. I know Cloud over here still follows them to this day. Everyone, I personally believe, should follow these beliefs because, again, it makes it more fun for you. You don't have to worry about stressing, oh, what if my friend's cosplaying his character? Have fun with your friend while you both are twinsies. Yeah, because that's what people do all the times at con. It's like, oh, hey, we're going to be twins this con. That's awesome. And, you know, we covered wigs and how to find wigs. We covered props. We covered photo shoots and poses for you and how to do it safely and all we've that other fun to, stuff. We've covered how to thrift a little bit here and there. We covered pretty much how to keep in contact with, you know, your friends and cosplayers after a convention. And we described the three main things of what we think makes a good cosplay. Attention to detail, confidence, and... Love of the series. So that actually about wraps up this episode. If you like what you like, please like, share, and subscribe. Wait, no, wait, that's YouTube. Yeah, so uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Conventional Crew without the E, e. due to the character limit, unfortunately. Yep. And if you want to give us coffee, you know where to find us. Links will be in the description of the episode. And the email is theconventionalpodcast at gmail.com. And you can send us questions there. Yes. Now, just to be fair, the people that do the coffee will be on our shout-out portions if we, you know, get any coffee. For the people that actually have questions for the show, there might be a time where we actually read questions. And answer them on the air. If they are deemed suitable for the air. Yeah. Or, you know, cabbages. Yeah, because we have cabbages with bombs. Why do you keep putting bombs in my cabbages? We went over this. It's Zelda. Quite uh, literally. Why is it always Zelda with you? Always because because with I you. can't find a... They don't do it in Final Fantasy, and I, I need I need another Riku has bombs. Yeah, Wait. but they're not in cabbages. That's also true. That you know of, anyway. Fair enough. Well, we hope you have fun in your cosplay at your next convention. And we do hope that this podcast was very convenient for you. This is Cloud AC Master. And Jack Sentinel. Signing signing off. off.